welcome to the Head to Heal podcast, where you'll go head over heels learning about how the body and the brain work together to either feed disease or fight it. I'm your host, Jordana Sade, certified holistic nutritionist and founder of the Mindful Clinic. With a background in nutrition, behavioral neuropsychology, and hypnosis, I'm going to walk you through the root cause of your symptoms and disordered behaviors. The body has an innate ability to heal. No one is destined for illness, and most, if not all, disorders can be reversed. Come with me as we develop a new understanding of how you can use your head to heal and truly thrive. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Head to Heal podcast. I'm your host, Jordana Sade, certified holistic nutritionist, hypnotherapist, and founder of The Mindful Clinic. I want to preface this episode and all future episodes by saying that I am not a medical doctor and you should always seek help from a physician before beginning any new health regime. Okay guys, today we have a special segment. So my husband always has a million questions and has started on this brand new journey of educating himself on the endocrine system and hormones and understanding really what is happening in his life, in his body, as he prepares to hit a new milestone regarding his health. He has so many more questions than answers at this point. And so because he's constantly asking me these questions all day long, we thought we would make it into a fun little segment and see where it goes. So this new segment is called Shit My Husband Doesn't Know. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, I'm Chris. I have a million questions. (laughs) Okay. He really does. This idea came about because... I actually do have a million questions and I'm always talking to Jordan about them and she never really has enough time for it. So we decided maybe it makes sense to carve out 30 minutes or an hour and a half or however long this takes. What are hormones? God. Okay. Well, I think first in order to understand what hormones are, or hormones are chemical messengers. Okay. So we have endocrine organs that endocrine is like a system. It's a system in the body. So in the same way where you have the digestive system, we have organs in our body that release hormones. This is called our endocrine system. So any organ in the body that's going to release these chemical messengers is a part of our endocrine system and can create these like chemical messengers that will tell the cells how to behave. So essentially this is how it works, right? There has to be a trigger, right? Like, so the trigger can be like a thought. So you have a thought or the trigger could be like you eat a food or the trigger could be like, it's cold outside. You go into a different temperature, whatever. There's always this like trigger or a stimulus. And when that stimulus happens, the brain releases chemicals into the bloodstream. So usually it starts with the pituitary, the anterior pituitary or the posterior pituitary. In the brain. In the brain. brain. um, That will send a message to all the other endocrine or literally what it's doing is it's putting hormones in the body that will send messages to other endocrine organs to release their hormones. So are these, these are chemicals that are being released by the brain Yeah, that get picked up by other organs or other tissues. Cause not all of them are organs. Some of them are straight up tissues. Like, like the skin is part of the endocrine system, right? The skin is not part of the endocrine system. Okay. See, I'm glad that we are talking about, <laughs> I'm glad that we were talking about, well, you can absorb hormones through your skin. You, any cell in the body can absorb hormones, any single okay. cell. But not all cells or all tissues can make hormones, right? So you heard this shit about receipt paper, the the, yeah. the material. I don't know what it is, but it's the material, yeah, yeah, yeah. material that it's made of is like, I forget what the expression it's is. It's a xenoestrogen. A xenoestrogen. You yeah. can absorb it through the skin. So, and apparently it's awful. It's awful, awful for male hormones. I think it's awful for all hormones for men and women, but I heard it's especially bad for male reproductive hormone. 
Well, yeah, like, I mean, I think it's equally bad for men and women. It just depends on the, the system that's being denatured. But like the skin is our largest detox organ, right? So the skin, although it is semi-permeable, like there are some things that can penetrate multiple skin layers and go into our bloodstream. But the way that hormones work is like whether do, hormones have to be released from or you can, I mean, I guess accepted from outside factors or released from our endocrine system those hormones are going to bind to cells in our body and tell those cells how to behave. So for example, like your cortisol, that's a really easy one. But so let's say you're like in a, you're late for work, you're at a red stoplight and the thought comes into your head of like, I'm going to be late. That thought is going to release chemicals into the bloodstream from the posterior and anterior intuitary. Those chemicals are going to go to the adrenal organs. The adrenal organs are the endocrine system that sits on top of the kidneys and the adrenals are going to release more cortisol. And then it's going to, cortisol is going to bind to your cells and it's going to dilate your pupils. It's going to increase your heart rate. It's going to push blood to your extremities. so You can run faster, right? So, so many things like hormones basically run the world and there are many, many different types of hormones and basically they're just chemical messengers. Okay. Okay. To be clear, I'm asking these questions, not because I'm stupid, but because I'm, <laughs> and I don't know, not that I don't know how anything works in the world or, or in the human body, but because this is such a dense topic, I could definitely spend my entire life researching hormones in the endocrine system and not know all of it. Yeah. I, ju I just think that it's, I think it's too vast to not take advantage of talking to you about this. So you're talking about the pituitary gland. That's where all the message the messages come from in the brain, right? Some, some, right? Like we have to think, you have to understand that the body is nothing without the nervous system, right? So the body just follows the brain. And so when we, like the nervous system is very large, it's the brain, the spinal cord and the peripheral nerves. There are some part, like some nerves that will release hormones on their own without going through the intuitary and pituitary nerves that release hormones. Yeah. Well, nerves are a part of the nervous system, right? So we'll, but yeah. how, but are nerves also part of the endocrine system? I mean, obviously the body has multiple systems yeah. and they all have to work in, in tandem with one another, but yeah, well nerves that are attached to the spine, all nerves are attached to the spinal cord, but nerves that are attached to the nervous system that is going to release hormones can release hormones. Like I remember listening to this podcast, I think it was Huberman <sighs> who talked about how we have these peripheral nerves that attach to adipose tissue. And so mm -hmm. we can release epinephrine from the nervous system, from, or from the adrenal glands or from the nervous system. And the nervous system is really those nerves. So when we're releasing epinephrine from the adrenal glands, it behaves differently than if we we're going to release epinephrine from the nerves. Interesting. Interesting. So there's hormones and fat in, adipo in, ad in adipose tissue. There are hormone receptors on adipose tissue. So the internet was just telling me something about aromatase and aromatase is an enzyme an enzyme. Yeah. And that's pretty much, that's, that's about as far as I got. Aromatase needs to be converted into something. I forget what it was here, but it can be found pretty much all across the body, mainly in. Yeah. So there's this pathway. It's going to kill me, but when we favor the aromatase pathway, then testosterone will be converted to estrogen. Yeah. 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 Aromatase is a key enzyme in the biosynthesis of estrogen. It's responsible in the aromatization of androgens estrogen, yeah. in, into estrogen and aromatization. I don't know what this is. It's a chemical reaction where the aromatic system or aromatic system is uh, formed 
from a single nanoromatic precursor. So you're you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know what it, but yeah, like honey, it was, on, our, it on the Dutch test, like if we we if you look at your Dutch test, there's this yeah. pathway, and like you can either favor the aromatase pathway, and if you do, it means that a lot of your androgens, so your testosterone, etc., are being converted to estrogen. estrogen. And then the problem with that is that now we have to detox that estrogen. So then we look at the estrogen detox pathways as well. Okay. Okay, so hormones are chemical messengers, and they manage hundreds of bodily processes, and they also instigate chain reactions in several different hormonal processes in the body. Yeah. So it comes from the pituitary gland in the brain. Some of them. So Okay, yeah. so let's say I have a thought, yeah. and the thought instigates a hormonal process, just for the sake of this argument, because... <laughs> I think my brain's going to explode if I have to try and come up with a circumstance, but it comes from your pituitary and your brain, mm. your brain, your pituitary releases hormones into the bloodstream. Yeah. And then those hormones flood the bloodstream and they're specifically picked up by all of the other endocrine glands Yes. or tissue. Cause not all glands are considered glands. Some of them are they're referred to as tissue. Okay. So like the, the kidney tissue, the liver tissue, your gut and your intestinal tract is full of fucking hormones and receptors. Yeah. But and it's technically not an, a single organ in terms of endocrine. It's considered tissue. Right. But like you're like, these aren't making hormones. Most of these. No, things. these are, these They're are primarily receptors. Exactly. So like your kidney, your liver, you have everything adipose tissue. Hormones. Like it's just, it depends on like, so you were saying from the beginning, like I have a thought. The, it depends on what thought you have. If you have a thought of like scarcity, fear, whatever, it's going to impact different parts of the body. If you have a thought of like love or a thought of desire or a thought of motivation, like that's going to impact different things as well. And so once you have a thought, those hormones are released into the bloodstream. They travel around, they bind to the receptors on the specific endocrine glands, tissues, whatever you want to call them that receive them. And then usually that gland will release more. Sometimes it's just a one shot deal. So sometimes it's like, okay, we're afraid the adrenals like will bypass the nervous system sometimes just depending on like how like a, the fear-based thought is mm -hmm. and we'll just release cortisol, right? But more often than not, especially when we talk about like the sterogenic hormones, so, like the sex hormones, it is like a, a chain process. So like it starts in the pituitary and then the pituitary releases, like for example, thyroid stimulating hormone. That mm -hmm. thyroid stimulating hormone is going to bind to the thyroid and then the thyroid is going to release T3 or T4. So... Thyroid stimulating hormone comes out, it gets absorbed or it reacts with the, the thyroid system, and then it produces its hormone to go to the next step. Exactly. So again, we're going to start at the pituitary because you started there. <laughs> pituitary releases one hormone and comes out and it's picked up by the next organ or tissue in the endocrine system. And then those organs or tissues release something based on that reaction. Yes. Okay. So let's say I have a thought and a hormone is released or something happens. There's a hormone that's released in the body. The brain will fire electrical systems through or electric, electrical currents through the nervous system, mm -hmm. like to move your arm or your muscles or whatever mm -hmm. are hormones. I don't know how to ask the question. I think you understand where I'm going with this. If the brain is releasing hormones, the brain is probably also releasing an electrical signal, right? Do those affect the hormone in that's being released or like the endocrine system at all? Do you know anything about that? So the nervous system has its own I'm type gonna write, of... I'm going to write that down. The nervous system has its own type of like 
hormonal processes, I, I, I guess. And it's very, very different than the rest of the body. So the nervous system is going to release like hormones, but also neurotransmitters. And the neurotransmitters are really what is requiring that electrical impulse to travel from one thing to the next. Neurotransmitters behave a lot like hormones. They're very similar. They're still based with cholesterol. They are a little bit different. Like we're not... Neurotransmitters. Hold on. You're talking a lot. I'm writing fucking terrible. It looks awful. I'm not going to be able to read this. Continue. Neurotransmitters. Yeah. So like you're not going to find like dopamine in the kidneys or the adrenals. Like dopamine, like the neurotransmitters are very specific to the nervous system. So the way that the nervous system functions, like using its electrical impulses are very specific to neurotransmitters in that process. Okay. That actually, that, you know, that answers some questions. Been doing a lot of research about things. All of the questions that I'm going to ask you are definitely related to my personal concerns. That's good. And they're all, they're all going to be related to the direction that I want to go, which is like primarily men's hormones. I'm obviously going to figure things out about women's, but there's a lot of talk about hormone blockers in things like your, your soap, in your shampoo, in your deodorant blocking, the glands that actually stop you from sweating. So the toxins don't get out of, let's say your armpits, and then you get that yellowing in your, your shirt. And then you know, shaving cream, cologne, like what about hormone? Here's a, a one that I heard a couple of weeks ago that I don't know anything about. What about essential oils? You love essential oils. Mm. I don't mind essential oils. They have their mm-hmm. place, but I heard a ton of essential oils. There's no like governing body for essential oils and yeah. no one's busy monitoring that yeah. and what it's doing to the, to the endocrine system. Yeah. I've heard that specifically lavender essential oils for young boys under 10, like let's say you put it in your bath, it can like it can totally fuck up their endocrine system. Hmm. So what, like all of these different things that are in our lives, like plastic containers are full of EPAs. And the question is two questions. How do we get around the the use of that stuff without going to Whole Foods and spending $45 on a thimble of dish soap? Hmm. And is it all absorbed through the skin? Basically like we wash, wash our clothes with, whatever the fuck brand it is we get from Costco because we get like 30 liters of it for 10 bucks yeah. and it's, it's great. But the scent is, has been driving me crazy pretty much since I learned this. Mm. Every time I smell my shirt, I'm not like, mm, Irish rainfalls. I'm like, may get man boobs. So yeah. So the I funny thing, the, there, sorry. the funny thing about this is that I, when I was learning about all this stuff, when I was studying nutrition in 2016, 2017, uh, I was like a fanatic about this stuff. Like we couldn't have anything anywhere. We get like and any anything that was synthetic. Like everything had to be glass jars. Like and so Chris is now that I, it's been a while and like I've kind of neutralized around this stuff. Chris is like going through that process. So we're just in very different stages of our healing journey, if you will. But I'm gonna answer this in like the most in the most like diplomatic way, or it just I think in the most productive way. So it is important to understand that you know just to give you guys an idea. If we look back even like 150, 200 years ago, there were about seven to 10 toxins in the environment that existed, like seven to 10. Right now on a daily basis, every single day, you are being exposed to 2.4 million different toxins in your environment. 2.4 million every single day. 
So we live in a world in a society where we you you just cannot escape it unless you are going to hermit yourself, completely isolate. Like you are going to be exposed to this stuff. So it's really about lessening the load. So we call this the barrel effect. Dr. Cabral, Stephen Cabral, he talks about the barrel effect a lot. But the barrel effect is like we all have a barrel, right? Everything that happens to us, like physical, emotional, toxic stress adds to the barrel, adds to the barrel. We get symptoms once that barrel tips over. So the best thing that you can do is to eliminate as much as possible from your environment. It's true that we don't know a lot about essential oils. I didn't like, you're the one who told me about lavender and testosterone for boys. I had no idea. Right. And so I think that there's like, I think part of the problem is like, sometimes we know too much. Right. But it it is possible that lavender is having that effect. For me, I use lavender almost every day because it's really good for my nervous system. Like lavender is one of those essential oils that's going to pass the blood brain barrier. Not many things can do that. Right. And so lavender literally like turns my brain off and allows me to go to sleep. I, I, I really enjoy it when I use it. I have not seen the data when it, when it comes to testosterone, but with things like that, that are, you know, not regulated, including supplements, it's really about quality. So you are going to want to, and I talk with this about my clients all the time, like don't bother getting Jameson supplements. Don't bother like getting like these cheap off-brand things, like, because you're actually might be doing more harm to the body. So if you're going to be investing in like things like essential oils or, you know, dish soap, whatever, like obviously work within your means. Like not everybody needs to be shopping fully organic, but maybe you worry about like the dirty dozen. Or for example, when it comes to like pesticides, the fat containing foods will hold on to pesticides higher because all toxins are fat soluble, right? So well, all things- of the pesticides are suspended in, in fats. Right. And all, because all toxins are fat soluble. So they have to be suspended in fat. So in foods oh. that are going to be like higher fat content, like avocados and coconut, like those things really should be organic, including and a fistful of eggs, the dirty dozen. But to answer your question, is everything getting absorbed through the skin? Like, no, like it, the respiratory system, the skin system, right? When we ingest food, so our digestive system, but pretty much like it would have to get inside of our body somehow. There's a million ways we can eat it. It's in our water. It's in our food. It's in our clothes. It's in our air. We can touch it and then put our hands on our face or in our mouth. Yeah. Someone spits, someone coughs, someone yeah. farts. Yeah. You flush the toilet with the lid up. Oh, don't even get me started on this. It's <laughs> disgusting. Hi, angels. I want to take a second away from regular programming to tell you something super exciting. I have put together a very quick survey. And right now, what I'm doing is I'm setting goals and directions and ideas for the rest of 2023. And I really just want to know from you what you guys want from me. So you basically have a chance to actually have a big effect on how my business runs this year and the type of content that I let out and also the research I look into. So I've put together a survey. It literally takes less than five minutes and it is going to help me know how to better serve you guys this year. If you're like, I just wish somebody would tell me how to get rid of this stubborn weight or what time is best to take my protein powder or how many cups of coffee should I drink or why can't I stop snacking or literally whatever you need help with, I can probably help with it as long as it's within the food psychology realm. And I would honestly be so grateful for you to fill this out. I would love to hear from you what you need help with and what you want to see and hear. Also, for everyone who fills out the survey, you guys have a chance to win a free one-on-one call with me and a $250 gift card to use towards any one of my services. The survey link is going to be in the show notes, and it's also on all of my socials. 
Okay, without any further delay, let's get back to the episode. Thank you so, so much. And I'm so excited to hear from you. Okay, so the endocrine system is made up of the organs and tissue that primarily respond to hormones and hormonal signals and then do like hormonal distribution for the body, right? Yeah. So for males, testosterone is like the big hormone that a lot of guys are worried about. Females, it's, it's estrogen, but men need estrogen in their body and women need testosterone in their body. Yeah. And there needs to be a balance of the two of them. Is there a common ratio? Like, like men need to have like 80% testosterone and 20% estrogen or somewhere like give or take plus minus 5% or, or is it like managed? I'm sure. However, it's measured in like nanoliters or nanograms or micromolars or, or whatever it is. It's probably still, you can break it into a percentage, right? Yeah. That's a hard question to ask. Like, I'm sure if you look somewhere in the data that, that there rough. would be like, oh, men should have 80%. If there is that data out there, I don't know it. I work very much so on a bio-individualistic basis, right? So like the best thing for you to do if you want to know where your hormones are at is to do a Dutch test. Like you can go to the doctor and get a blood test. I've, we've talked about this on my show before, but I had to shake my doctor down. I know. And also like, if it is within the ranges there, then they're not, they're going to say you're fine. Right. But what the reason why I don't like generalizing men need 80% testosterone women need excess estrogen because those hormones are important. But what we're also not looking at with, if we just have those hormones, if we're looking at the bloodstream or urine, however, we're taking the sample is we're not looking at how those hormones are then being detoxed, how they're being synthesized. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's so many different factors like that like there's enzymatic factors that apply to how these hormones now behave within the body. And so one thing for sure is that if you're a man or woman, you're, you would want testosterone to be like within range like that. That's really important mm -hmm. for women and men, especially men who tend to like hold on to excess weight, etc. Like usually there's going to be an estrogen dominance. And I see that in my clinic all the time where people that hold on to with stubborn weight, there is an estrogen dominance. Now, Estrogen is dominant, even if it's within range, if it's higher than progesterone. So there are the, like the paint to paint the picture of hormones is extremely complex. And if you are a male and you are having symptoms of low testosterone, but your testosterone is within range, then you would want to be looking at how is it being detoxed? Um, is estrogen higher? Exactly. Or estrogen being detoxed? No, how is they both, all, all hormones have to be detoxed. So how is testosterone? Like if you are, have symptoms of low testosterone, but you take a blood test and it's within range, you want to look at how is it being detoxed? Are you methylating too quickly? Are you detoxing too quickly? So the body doesn't actually get to like hold on to the testosterone. So these hormones, estrogen and testosterone, they're not just used and absorbed. They're more like switches. Like when I want to turn the light on, I flick the light switch. It creates an electrical connection and completes a circuit. And then electricity flows to the light bulb. That's what I'm picturing. And then energy is consumed. Is that how hormones work? Where one hormone goes to the next gland, the gland absorbs the hormone and then converts it into something else? Or does it sort of go to the gland or tissue and then it gets a signal and then the signal produces more. And then that prime, that first hormone is still free floating and it needs to, it's done its job, but it needs to be. It's both of those things. So some hormones are consumed and converted, but some hormones like give a signal and then they need to leave the body. All hormones need to be eliminated. Like for example, with estrogen, just because this is the one I've done the most research in, estrogen needs to be like released and eliminated every month. But if you have like 
you know, if you have issues with your menstrual cycle or if you're constipated or whatever, like your body's going to reabsorb that estrogen. You're going to be end up having an estrogen dominance or specific pathogens like candida will release acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde will bind to glucuronic acid. Glucuronic acid will prevent estrogen from being eliminated. Right. And so every hormone has like, it's like life cycle. And so, and that life cycle for women is within a 30 day period. So testosterone, progesterone, luteinizing hormone, follicular hormone, like all it has to happen within that 30 day cycle. They all need to be eliminated and then reproduced. Interesting. Okay. I have another question. Yeah. Go. Same stuff, different, different segment. Let's say I'm going to the gym a lot and I'm lifting weights for the purpose of becoming significantly more fit. Yeah. And I'm eating very well. Mm-hmm. I'm the purpose of going to the gym is to get very fit, become quite muscular and lose a significant portion of fat. But if I'm not losing that fat at the same rate that I'm gaining muscle is it's very likely that I have an estrogen dominance getting in the way of doing, I guess, testosterone doing its thing or testosterone's not leaving the body. Fa- oh, okay. So testosterone is not leaving the body fast enough. It's staying in the body and then it's being converted with androgens. Androgens are converting to estrogen. So if the body doesn't detox testosterone that I'm using fast enough, the androgens in my body will convert the unused testosterone into estrogen. That's not true for everybody. That's a very general statement. Like, so it it really depends on like how your detox pathways are working. So because you've done a Dutch test, if you want, we can go through it and I can be like, this is what's happening. Some things like if you're concerned, if you're a male listening to this and you're concerned about your testosterone being converted to estrogen, there's very easy like supplements that you can take to prevent that process from happening. Like zinc, zinc is a really important one, even just like eating pumpkin seeds. (laughs) And so zinc will usually prevent that aromatase process from happening. So you can like However, this isn't like an overnight thing when it comes to hormones. We're looking at about a three month to six month cycle. But just to answer your question with the excess weight and high estrogen, because I've seen your Dutch test, I know you have high estrogen. I like that is a a root cause for why the fat might be a little bit stubborn, right? And specifically in like, this is very different for different men, but like specifically in your body, like a, a lot of your adipose tissue is subcutaneous, meaning like it's on the outside. Visceral fat is like on the inside and it creates a very like, hard like if you think about the beer belly it's like really hard if you like poked it it would like explode you know (laughs) whereas visceral fat compared to subcutaneous fat like subcutaneous fat is very squishy it's like cellulite it's like on the outer layer of the skin and that fat subcutaneous fat is much safer for you and they're both like pretty resistant but if you have subcutaneous fat and it's very stubborn that is almost always estrogen dominance because estrogen is very protective for the body for men and women And estrogen is going to force adipose tissue out of visceral fat to protect the organs and into subcutaneous fat. But if you have stubborn fat and you're finding it hard to build muscle, it isn't always estrogen dominance. It could be toxicity. Like it could be that all of your adipose tissues are, your adipose tissues holding onto toxins. Your body's going to protect like all the essential organs. So because toxins are fat soluble, it's going to store it inside of fat cells. Then that fat cell is going to be like, I don't want to break down and release because it doesn't want to like overload your body with toxins. Totally. Totally. That makes sense. So let's say I'm trying to put on a significant amount of muscle and lose a significant amount of fat. Is there sort of a point of diminishing returns where I'm using energy and I guess there's a lot of hormones in my body and I don't know how to ask this. 
I want to get jacked. That's the goal. Yeah. I want to take my son to school and all the other dads look at me and be like, fucking Chris is here. That guy makes me look like shit. I hope he doesn't walk by my wife. That's, that's the goal though. That's the goal. And let's say I get there. Will all of the hormones in my body be functioning correctly to the point where uh, like, like, let's say in six months time, I actually lose the 35 pounds of body fat. I need to lose. Like hypothetically speaking, I lose that 35 pounds of body fat. I need to use uh, to lose. Excuse me. Will my body be putting more of the hormones that I have in use right now towards muscle growth rather than like, I think what I'm asking is my body dividing all the good stuff between losing fat and burning muscle. Cause I know, like I know fat, fat is the, what is it? It's toxins inside of cholesterol stored in fat and then kept in the body for either later use or later distribution yeah. Right. So fat is energy storage, right? So like when we, when we have excess fat, there's so many reasons, but when we're looking at like the development of adipose tissue, we're really looking at like fat and carbohydrates from like a, a macronutrient perspective, like protein's not going to build a new fat cell. Food protein types usually have fat included. So like we're talking about like a chicken sausage, like that is both a protein and a fat. Fuck eats chicken I know sausage. I said that just because I was talking to somebody about this the other day and she said chicken sausage and I thought the same thing. Chicken sausage? <laughs> I thought the exact same thing and here I am repeating like it. something you probably get at McDonald's. It's not actually made out of chicken. Okay. Anyways, well, anyways. anyways, yeah. So I think that you're overcomplicating it in the way that you're <clears> thinking about it. Well, will your body know to burn the fat or, or build the muscle? Like ultimately at the end of the day, like you'd keep doing the movements and your body will figure out what to do with the rest of it. Like protein is what is going to build that muscle. So if we want to create anabolism, there has to be catabolism, right? So like we need to break down the muscle. That's why we lift weights to break it down. And then there needs to be enough anabolic material. So like literally, literally amino acids to build up that muscle. So when we're talking about like the, the only reason why when we build muscle, we have the potential of losing fat is because muscle itself requires energy to survive. And so that must something that's being built in a yeah. material. Yeah. But even once it is built, once it's there, it requires more caloric intake. It requires more energy to survive just to be there resting. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you forget about the fat and you focus on building the muscle, then like eventually the muscle is going to absorb the fat content. Right. It's going to burn. It's going to burn even just at a base of med- like a, a, you're doing nothing. You're sedentary. Mm-hmm. Continue, please continue. Because the the nutrients, the macronutrients that are required for building the muscle are not the same macronutrients that are required for building the fat. And so you don't want to focus necessarily just on weight loss, like fat loss, because what's going to burn that fat is things like cardio, right? Like, like cardio is going to use glucose in short form, if it's like we're talking sprints, mm-hmm. or it's going to use fat if we're talking endurance-based long-term, like we're talking long-term marathon, right? Eventually it's going to, like go into ketosis and it's going to burn that fat. It's not going to use any muscle fiber. Like not, not if you don't have enough, if you don't have enough glucose or fat. Exactly. So it's like readily available. The order that if you're doing cardio. Yeah. So doing cardio heats up the body. When people say things like burning fat, Mm -hmm. I think that I don't know this for certain, but based on what I've been reading a lot of lately, the idea of burning fat Mm -hmm. is not necessarily like I need to do a thousand burpees and run two miles and or run a mile in a minute and get my body so hot that the fat is like steaming out of my body. No, it's the, not that. It's just that it, it's, it's about the molecules that are required to create ATP. So, so the body 
like let's say you have a banana before you an hour before you work out your body begins to break it down uh, it's immediately taking the 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 quickly digestible sugars mm -hmm. inside the banana which is a ton and it's using all that sugar in the banana and then all the additional fiber that's not needed or whatever else is not needed to shuttle into your your poop yes <laughs> couldn't think of the you know what I mean, the, the, the digestive system. So let's say you work out for an hour, your body burns through that sugar in the banana in 30 minutes. You still need an extra 30 minutes of energy stores. Your body would start going to all of your stored fats, like your subcutaneous fat, right? Mm -hmm. Or even, I guess, maybe even visceral fat. It would probably go to subcutaneous fat Subcutaneous first. fat first, for sure. So the body would go to subcutaneous fat. So you would have to have like just enough of it for the body to burn additionally. Otherwise it's going to go for protein and convert that into simple carbohydrates. Yeah. There's a process for that. I, I don't know what the name is. I, 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 it's just on the tip of my tongue, which is why I brought that up. Anyways, this has been very enlightening. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Maybe to be continued. No, no, no. We can definitely <laughs> continue this for at least another hour or two. All the best podcasts go for like three hours. Just mm, so you know, I see. Just so you know, Okay, I guess this is a good. This is I guess this is a good start. <laughs> I'm probably gonna buy a book on endocrinology, and I have one. I have a whole ta huge textbook. Do you really? Yeah. Did you not just see me looking on Amazon and the library no. to see? Oh my god! I've spent the last two days trying to figure out where I could get the best endocrinology, like endocrinology for idiots and hormones for idiots type book. Oh well, this isn't like a for idiots type of book. This is like I a, just want a simple breakdown like a since I know what direction I need to go. But I think the direction is learn it all very slowly and have a good grasp of all the basics. Yeah. Okay. As long as you're having fun, honey. Yeah. It, the, like this conversation is fun. I'm sorry that I can't, um, I'm sorry that I can't form a lot of these questions better because I primarily write these questions down in my book and then go and try and search for them. And then I have one answer and it's great, but now I have 500 other answers. Questions. Yeah. Excuse me. I have one answer and 500 other questions. Yeah. Anyways, so you're welcome. This has been great. And I think we should do a whole lot more of this. All right. Well, you guys let me know what you think about this. We might keep, we might keep Chris on. We'll see. <laughs> okay, guys. If you have any questions, you can always find me on my socials. I'm at Jordana Sade on Instagram, or you can email me at Jordana at the Mindful Clinic. And if you like this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe and also give me some feedback because we'll decide if we are keeping Chris on the show or not. I will do a lot of work <laughs> to try and be better prepared for another one of these. Although I like the, I like asking all of these questions as they come up. I think it's better that way too. I think what I'll do for the next one of these is I'll come with a line of questioning and I'll do my best to stick in that line of questioning. Mm, I see like topics. Yes. Mm. Well, today we talked about hormones as a topic. Okay. Every time I ask you questions, I think it'll primarily be related to hormones. Okay. So if you are a woman listening to this podcast and you have a boyfriend or kids or a husband, you should get them to listen to this podcast and not just this one, but a lot of Jordana's podcasts probably would give the answers to your, the men in your life without them having to hear it from you because men don't like being told anything. So, but if you do recommend to them that this podcast in general could work for men, but it's possible they could get something out of it. So definitely recommend it to them. Okay. And we'll see you next time on another episode of the Hedgehog podcast. Bye.